ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Yes, today we're joined by the Glens Vodka Championship Manager of the Month for January. Dingy Not much, lads, not much. Um, loving life as a manager of Greenock Morton. Um, it's been a good start. Mate, you're a hero here. You're a hero here as a player. Is that, is that one of the main reasons why you wanted to come back to the football club? It was, I um, Obviously, I was here for um, a year. Scored the winner at Selic Park as well. Um, so it, it, it was good, um, but... Like I say, obviously the, the pull to come back was obviously to be a manager in my own right. Um, and like I say, so far it's, it's going well, but that can all change in, in the spur of a moment. But you're making it look easy, man, eh? He's in, a in a month, and you've already got the manager of the month award? Uh, well, everyone everyone keeps saying that, Slaney, but it's, it's certainly not easy. But um, we're in a good place. Like I say, we've um, come off the bottom of the table, sitting six um, at the moment in goal difference, but we've, we've still got a long way to go. You said you're in a good place. I thought you were talking about Greenock, but you thought actually talking about football wise, because I was going to say that. Uh, so, see, when you first came in, Dougie, you obviously looked at Martin's results. What was the first thing you wanted to change? What was the one thing that you thought this team needs to get better at? Stop conceding goals. Um, I think since I've come in, we've only conceded three in the league, which is for us is massive. Mm. Um, it gives you a, it gives you a start um, to try and win games. Um, obviously, we're scoring goals, which is good. I think we've scored in every every game that I've I've took charge of. Um, but it was it was more the work rates uh, side. Um, I, I just thought at times they were pretty lazy. Um, but we've we've got a, we've got a well organised now. Um, all over, everyone seems to know their jobs, and, it, and it's it's been it's been proven that um, if you can get a good shape and and keep it tight at the back, then you you win games. I know we get it quite lazy. You think there's anything you can do for? Are you looking for a wee winger? <laughs> We fat winger. I don't play with wingers. Do you know inside? Oh, well, you're you, he was the, you were the ultimate winger, and you didn't play with wingers. I don't see what you're winger, but, Yes. Uh, I thought you were inside the park because you were really cute on the ball, weren't you? Very sexy on the ball. I was very sexy. Cultured well, left. No foot. bad left foot. No bad left foot. But now, nah, I, I, listen. Throughout my career, I, I played probably more as a winger uh, on the right hand side. Generally, my time at Hamilton anyway. And then as the years went on, you know how it goes. You you start losing your legs and had to start playing wing back. But um, so, how do you not play with? Do you not play with wingers at all? Don't play with wingers. Where two have stri- you got that for? 
Nah, just got, obviously we play three five two, so nah, nah. we're more of our, our um, wing backs get us up as, as our wingers basically. But um, we just go with two strikers um, in, in the midfield. Sometimes a two, sometimes a one. Um, one in the hole playing as a ten, and two sitting behind the ball. Or depends on what, how teams set up. We'll we'll go with a, a one and a two or a, a two and a one. Um, so why it's it's, it's okay. It's working so far. Right, so talk us through this Morton job, right? So you've got a comfortable job at Livingston, you're cleaning Davy Martindale's Louboutins. <laughs> and then what, what is it, an agent or the club phone you directly? How, how does it come about? No, well, obviously I'd, I'd um, seen that um, Gus. Gus had been relieved of his duties. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'll just I'll, I'll apply for it and see where we go. Um, and then obviously I was, I was fortunate enough to get a call to say you've been invited to an interview and then it kind of just went for their side um, got a meeting had a Zoom call over the phone and then a couple of days later the phone says we'll, we'll offer you the job what is that what is that interviewing like for the was that your first interview for a job it was aye yeah it was um, it was a bit a bit intense obviously you're sitting there with four directors and they're battling you with questions for you said four of them had their tops off which was still <laughs> Surprised they've done that to you. <laughs> so what sort of questions is it? Just like your philosophy on football? Yeah, just how would you play? What what would you change? How you got to get us out of where we are? Um, and you kind of just try and be honest. Um, and I was. And like I say, I must have worked because they offered me the job. So like I say, in the rest of history, obviously, like I say, I've, I've come in and to be fair, Andy Millen's been unbelievable to, to work with and help me. Um, it's good having an experienced person behind you very young as a manager um, coming into your first job so you need that experience behind you and Andy's been different class first if they say what's the first thing you change you'd say right, you, the first thing you change is use for put your tops back on and getting back on we're not going to go anywhere um, <laughs> see when Andy was Andy already here together did you bring him in no Andy was already here well, he, I mean, we just uh, we just met him but obviously known him for a while but I mean he's unbelievable isn't he oh he's different class does he do all the coaching he does it all um, I'll do some um, but Andy generally does most of it I'm I'm obsessed with this. So, do you actually coach on the ways you want to play, or is it like almost like box possession, just games and stuff? Or do you actually coach in the the shape he's playing at the weekend? No, nah, we kind of just mix it up a wee bit. Um, when I first came in, obviously we went over the shape and how we wanted to play. Um, but generally, it's just boxes, possession, and games. Um, nothing too mm-hmm. hard. Just basically. The way it really should be. You should um, do the one he does with a big line. Well, uh, you just line everyone up on the edge of the box and then you just play it in. Yeah, you set it, shoot, shoot, and then go to the back of the line. I think Pep does that for the rest of the week, didn't he? Uh, done so well. <laughs> what's, the, what's the difference? Obviously, you were a coach at Livingston. So were you doing the, the coaching at Livingston every day under Martindale? Well, David done most of it. Um, me and Marv would, would join in when other things were weren't done, like defensively or attacking. Generally, I'd done the attacking with David. Marvin would do the defending stuff with Stuart e. Gardner, the goalkeeper coach. Um, but Livingston's unique as well. It's brilliant. David's different class. Is he? Um, what, is he good on the training field? Ha, he's Doug, is he? Very, very good. Very intelligent coach. Um, and you can see why Livingston are where they are. Uh, but as a person, very, very good. Right. Yeah, people is wouldn't he? expect that, but he is. He's, he's, he's brilliant. So have um, you took a lot for him in the management? More or less, I obviously had a lot of good managers. I've worked under Terry Butcher, Alec Neal, Billy Reid, um, guys who are now at good, good clubs. Uh, Billy's obviously at Brighton, with Graham Potter. Alec's now got the Sunderland job. Um, Davies obviously at Livingston, but like I say, I've worked under Terry Butcher for a spell at Inverness, so I've worked under some good managers, but I think you need to put your own stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you take a bit from each and then put your own stamp on it and maybe add, change some things here and there, obviously in training, but. Um, some of these guys are top top coaches. What gives the best Martindale rant? What, oh. What's the angriest you've seen him? Can they go raging? Aye. Oh, 
raging. Straight, st- strip the paint off the walls, man. <laughs> what a guy. Because there was a video of him shouting at Ambrose, wasn't there? That was oh, brilliant, man. What about after a game? Oh, mental. Mental. But listen, you need that. You need that. You need to f- for players to get motivated or to know that they've not done so well. I think sometimes you need to have that other side of you. Yeah, you can put an arm around players, etc. But sometimes I think you need to tell a few home truths. And, and Davey's good at that. He's, he gets them motivated and is a very, very good manager in his own right. Would you be like that with you as coaches as well or is it mainly just with the players? Nah, he's like I say, I thought as a as a manager for the coaches, he's brilliant. Um, gave us our own, our own stance. Um, but for the players, he's, he's very good. He gets them going. And you can see why they're where they are in the league this season. Obviously, they had a bad start. But again, for me, that obviously came down to the turnaround in players. I think he brought in 14 players over the summer and I think obviously it takes a lot, a lot of time to gel, um, and you can see now that they're get they're reaping the rewards. Um, Take a lot of time for him to gel. He's here, wouldn't he? Dave, have you got? This is what, have you got a philosophy the way you want to play? I do, I do. Um, at the moment, I'm playing a three-five-two, but generally I would love to play four-three-three. That's the way I've always played, but. Um, I think at the moment it's working for us. So, um, so why the three-five-two then? Just the, the situation you were in, or about the group of players that you had? A bit of both, si. A bit of both. Obviously, the situation we were in, um, we were conceding goals. So I thought, obviously, strengthening the back line, add another defender in there with two wing backs, um, but also having that fluidity to to go forward. Um, and like I say, since I've come in uh, with myself and Andy, we've got now a system that everyone's accustomed to, and for us, it's working. So there's no point changing it. How was that? Because I've listened to guys like Stephen Gerrard on podcasting, your first meeting with the players in your first speech. How, how nerve-wracking is that? It was not It was nervous, but I think uh, once you start, you kind of mellow. Um, and then it just, it's just natural after that. Um, it was the same, obviously, when you're a young player. First time you're ever front of the media, you're a wee bit rabbit in the headlights. But listen, it's, it's part and parcel. Um, I've done it for a long time now, so it's just not, it's just comes natural now so it was, it was fine um, and like I say the group here is fantastic the boys are brilliant See in that first meeting did you put down what you what you expect of them is there like certain things that you demand of, of a group of players? Yeah I kind of said that obviously for myself the, the type of player I was I kind of want to install that in my players just now as a manager and that's one of the biggest things I look at is, is work rate um, if you can give 110% no one can ever come back and question you and that's all I ask for the boys and like I say we're getting that day in day out in training field and it's it's working obviously on a Saturday at the moment it's mad that isn't it because it's the exact same group of players mm-hmm. maybe just a different mentality work a wee bit harder and look look, look, look and where it can get you it's crazy right? how have you, got, have you got the what you said Martin do have you got the sort of hairdryer treatment if you need to do it 100% ah, he's got that wee he's got in his eyes yeah. I can see it in his eyes I remember actually I went into Mott for a couple of days and he was really was the main man about the dressing room but in a good way yeah, yeah. what he would set the standard like set the standards very high um, boys really looked up to you but I can see even talking to him in his eye I feel if I see the ring hang you could can think you're going to get it today. <laughs> have you had because you you've done relatively well have you had to crack yet I've, yeah I'll be honest the Rafe Rovers game I thought the first half was, was poor and it, it did come out but I don't really like doing that um, but like you say there's times where you need to do it to get the reaction and I, to be fair we got the reaction that we were looking for because um, we came back got to equalise and probably should have wanted to win the game um, and then you've got John after the game saying can we just ban for long throws <laughs> John McGlynn remember John McGlynn's brilliant I love what his interviews I think uh, we should ban long, long throws to we should, we should ban long throws but uh, I found it funny to be fair um, 
But yeah, the um, the hairdryer treatments came out once. But on the flip side, we should also ban the specs at John McGonagher's. I don't know how they're still allowed on him. They should be banned. Ask, see the thing is, right? I, I, people say you know, that you, you you can't be like that with players not at the modern player, right? I still think there is a, a players do react to it, but it, as long as it's done in the right way, and it's not I mean? all the time. It's all the time, like you say, at certain points. Yeah, I think it needs to be constructive. I think if you're badgering players constantly, they'll just go to switch off. Um, but like you say, nowadays <coughs> everyone needs to sometimes have a wee cuddle. Um, but I think also the, the hairdryer treatment needs to come out to, to get a reaction. See that one there, would you treat some players different on their personality? Because I think that's important. Yeah, I think obviously man management, you need to you need to know what players you can have a popper yeah. um, and what players that need a cuddle. Um, and if you can get that balance right, you're on to a winner. Because um, I know when, when I was a player in Darry McKinnon, uh, we played in the same dressing room, but it was always generally me and him that got it. Um, because the manager at the time knew that we would take it and everybody else would, would um, come into line so as a manager you've got to try and pick the players that you know you can have a pop at and the ones you need a cuddle because if you keep badgering the, the let's call it the weaker players then you probably lose them Would you give him a cuddle? Ah, he's a good guy. He's I've a good lad. Got, got a bit of stinking. Nah, he's you still cuddling. Smelling, he's smelling good today. <laughs> what is that? You're in. What is that? You're up to bed. Is it just you're on the jute? Is it? Jute. My dice jute. See, just the last wee bit on the co- the, the management side because I, I watched your young Aki's team when I was a coach at Celtic and I watched them. How important was that for you in terms of your grounding that you went and coached kids before you came into first team management? Yes, listen, say it was great. Um, I had a really good time at, at Hamilton um, during the coaching period. I started off with the young kids, um, 13s, 14s, and worked my way up to eventually get to 17s. Uh, but listen, again, my style of coaching there is the exact same as it is now. Um, it was all worked around the work rate mm. um, because I think the modern game, you need to be able to run. Um, be Peter after. Head players, listen to this. <laughs> that is important. I had the exact same speech last week, mate. Yeah, you need, you need to be able to run. Um, the game's evolved massively um, for 10, 15 years ago when I first came into the, the pro game. Um, it's all about being an athlete nowadays and looking after your body. Um, but like I say, the young kids at Hamilton at that time, that year we went undefeated for a full season, got to Europe, was was something special. Um, and like I say, obviously on Saturday when we go to, to Hamilton, there's, there's six or seven of them still in that team wow. just now playing. So You'll be, be signing them on the summer 100%. They'll be dying to go and under them. <laughs> but do you know how much an influence you had on them? It was a, there was a spell like two months that young kids from Hamilton mess- messaging me. Please interview Doug Yemney, please interview oh, Doug Yemney, please interview. Remember that? I do, They were all desperate for him to come on up and go. But I'm going to ask you both of you something here, right? You say there about he's wanting to work hard and players need to work hard now and know that. And I agree with that. See if you've got a player on your team and he's maybe classed as the best player or he's a top goal scorer and doesn't have that same work rate, would he, would he play in your starting 11? Not, Not for me. me. Not for me. <laughs> Not same. No at all, no? No. Can't hate passengers now, can you? can. It's, the game's totally changed now. You need... You need everybody working in the same the same way. The same it needs to be the same message for everyone. Because mm-hmm. you take it if you're playing somebody who's lazy and the other guys on the daft. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you need to be you need to be straight in the middle, with everyone. And and basically you set your stall out. You just tell them, and if they're not doing it, then they know why they're not playing. Um, I always think that's important that players know exactly the, what you're looking for, the standards that you're looking for, and if they can't get up to that, then they know why they're not playing. See, just the last few bit of Morton, so you're saying, obviously the situation you were in, you've went with maybe a different style than what you you would go in the long term. So will Morton fans see a different Morton next year? Is it all about just staying in the league this year? I think the, right now the size is massive that the club stay in the league. Um, and I think at the moment we're in a good place, but you know football yourself, we've been in it a long time. That can quickly change in, the, in a minute. 
So for us, it's just about keeping the, the same mentality, the same work rate, same desire, and hopefully, like we say, we get ourselves over the line as quickly as we can. Um, but you never know. I might I might keep the same the same shape for next season. But obviously, during my career as a coach, generally I played four three three. But at the moment, I'm I'm enjoying playing the three five two, and it's working. So why change it? Mm. This is the wee line from my head. It's not on the sheet, but just from my head. Are you um, keep a distance for the player, players at times, or are you quite full on with them? Nah, listen, I, I think a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important that you have a good uh, laugh and a joke with your players. You Would you do always, that, aye? Yeah, yeah, I don't think you need to be serious all the time. Yeah. Um, I think there needs to be a wee bit of come and go with each other. Um, obviously, I've got Andy, who's who's brilliant with him. He's always in for a, for a laugh, but I think it's, there's times where you need to be open a little bit and there's other times where you need to be serious. I think more on a Saturday when, when yeah. the game the game day that you need to be more serious. Um and obviously, during training night, you can have a wee laugh. Sometimes I join in as well. So, are you joining uh, in? Uh, yeah, Smash people. Oh, aye. Oh, Let's set the standards, yeah. side, you know what uh, I mean? Good. Yeah. Was, uh, Does Andy join in? Andy joins in as well, yeah. Does he? he yeah. Was, I remember he joined in. Mate, he was sometime. a chopper, Andy Mum. Sometimes Mom, you would maybe take a few wee touches and you go, fuck you, right down the fucking Achilles. Oh, doesn't he mess about Andy? But remember, he played sweeper for years, man. I played against I remember it was at Mother Reserves and I was like 15 or something, and Andy was. And I played against him then, but it was so it's helpful, wasn't he, to the opposition players? I remember that. But then, as Bazak, I've said this in the podcast, I've heard so many stories that he was an absolute nutter on the pitch, but he's, he's the nicest guy you could ever meet. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, I, I can't remember if I've ever played against him myself, but um, even just now, his desire and that still to play, I think he's 56 or something now, but he's still fit, he still wants to get involved. Um, and he's great around the dressing room for all the boys um, and his knowledge of the game's different class must be sunny where he stays that's some tan he's got isn't it? Uh, <laughs> is he on the bed does he go on the bed does me and him used to go uh, first eight minutes go for sunbeds <laughs> before the game <laughs> see, in the same sunbed uh, he made sure of that <laughs> see um, with Andy I said that we were asking we were talking about um, the people that have had the biggest so I'm patching your career. Andy was one with me. Obviously, six months later, retired for the games. Right, yeah, let's like. again. So, I was just about to talk about Andy. Do you want to ask him a question about his career? Like? <laughs> Sorry, Dougie. <laughs> uh, I'm on top of a cellar. So, Dougie, uh, we done a bit. Uh, we interviewed with Kevin Thompson Tom, uh, last uh, last month. Sorry, I'll take you bosom. I'm going to reset him. And he said that he really didn't take the Terry Butcher, didn't he? No. Did you like working under Terry Butcher? I enjoyed that. Listen, I was the type of player I needed somebody on my case constantly, and, and Terry was. Was obviously him and Morris were, were mental, um, to put it lighter. Um, in what way? Listen, they were just, if you lost that game, you knew you again. It Like, Terry would come in, then he would go to the dress room, and then Mo would take the hat off, the wee black bunny he used to wear, silly like that. Um, and then Terry would come back in, with anything sitting in front of him would just get launched off a wall, and then he would just go mental. Um, I remember one time at Aberdeen, doing great as well, 86 minutes. The ball comes into the box. Um, try to remember Gary. Gary Warren. No, no, no. Gary played for Hamilton as well. Centre midfielder. Gary. Mc- Gary McDonald. Sorry. Right. Header Aberdeen one 0 After the game, we came in usual. Don't know if you remember uh, Aberdeen. They used to have the, the red door with the glass panel. Yeah. So Terry, uh, the two of them have come in because I went to the, sh- the old shower bit. Comes back through, stands at the door, volley, glass just shatters. And I'm sitting at the very end of the dress room where you go through to the showers and then David Proctor's one in, Proctor's man. I'm just sitting there, next man just comes down, bang, against the wall, just goes tonto right through. I'm just like, ah, what's going on here? I'm like, never seen any of this before in my life. So I'm just wow. trying to not make eye contact because he was that scary, but a great, great coach. 
Um, wow. Was Proctor green? Oh, he just went white. Ghost <laughs> Casper. I'm like, oh, Proctor, you're right, sir. <laughs> <laughs> They slapped straight in the bin. They're not going in the bag. They're going straight in the bin. But it was just the size of the guy. And obviously, Captain England, Captain of Rangers, like the respect the guy had and the aura that he brought with him. Um, but like you would never, you would never answer them back. Did he ever do the thing with you if you were an animal? What what animal would you be? Uh, I think so. I, I think so. Uh-huh, I, I think so. And also, if you could be anyone in the world, who would it be? Who would it be? I, I, he came out with him before. Um, <laughs> but like I say, the two of them are brilliant. But. You, you, in a dress room when, he was, when you lost you knew just get the heat down don't make eye contact just take it and did um, you ever get it off him personally? I did I so we played Dundee um, I'd get injured first game of the season at Dunfermline um, bad tackle done my, my medial so I was out for a bit I was maybe out for 12 weeks come back after 7 so the first game back was the one of the cups the, the Ramsden's Cup playing Dundee at St Johnston I'm thinking, right, I'm starting. No starting on the bench. So I'm itching to go on all game, 70th minute, looking, come on, gaffer up, you know, doing all, running up and doing the touchline, not looking, I'm trying to make eye contact, not that, nothing. Comes to the 91st minute, right, Dougie, you're going on. Brilliant. Gets the gear off. We're winning 2 0 at half time, by the way. We're now 3 2 down. I'm going on, try to win the game. Dundee break halfway line. I think it was Griffiths, smashed, straight red card. Oh, no. You got a straight red Straight red card. <laughs> Only on the pitch, 30, 30 seconds if that. Straight red, <laughs> off you come. So we're in the towers, changing room, and we go. Just That was it, just lost the plot, right me. That, I, I get to blame for losing the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a question for the marketers listening. Want to find that perfect customer beyond the world of scrolling, swiping, and searching? Here's a secret to make sparks fly. Smooth talking with podcast ads. With Acast, you can reach millions of listeners who'll be hanging on your every word. On the train to work, in the gym, or waiting in line for coffee. Start up the conversation with podcast listeners anywhere and everywhere. And they're looking for love. 60% of listeners have a higher trust in brands they've met on podcasts compared to social. Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started. We're doing all up at half time, get beaten free too. I'm only (laughs) on a part for 30 seconds and injury time, remember. It's all my fault. And then after that, just got, it got personal and then I ended up leaving and going to Hamilton. Oh, was that your last... Well, that was just say the November I left in the January, so it didn't right. end well. But um, would you ever hear go back? I, I would talk my own. I, I like I, if I thought I was I was right, I would I would say I would now just take it in the chin. Um, but I've got to I've got to say the two of them are brilliant as coaches. Um, mm. Obviously, it just ended badly for me, but um, I've got to take my half to them. I thought they were brilliant. Is there any other coaches you had a bad relationship with? Uh, nah, listen, I wouldn't say I had a bad relationship with him. It just, um, just after that, obviously, I never played much. Um, and I was the type of player, if I wasn't playing, I would rather just leave. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the same at St Myrna as a player. Started really well, and then I never played, got left out of the cup final. Uh, 
um, took it hard and then obviously at the end of that season I asked to leave I still had another year left so I always wanted to play football um, coming into the game so late as well Slaney, I, I always had that desire to, to try and do well mm-hmm. um, and I always wanted to play so when I wasn't playing I kind of just went no this isn't for me I went out so it was the same at St Mern's like I say started well and then ended no badly but I wasn't playing so I wanted to leave and then ended up going coming to Morton actually um, So when you say you came in late so what was your background? So I... Didn't, didn't get a full-time contract I was 23 um, at Clyde um, I, I played junior for four years at Lanark did you? I, sorry six, four or six years just shows you the what was that like? Uh, tough? nah it was good I enjoyed junior football uh, so it was it was uh, probably the making of me because yeah. uh, you're listening at that time you're playing against ex-pros that had come down to the juniors um, to, to, to still try and play so you were playing against the likes of Brian Martin and, and players like this who had just left Motherwell Um but for me it was great and then when I got the chance obviously at Clyde I took it um, people think it was good good money but I left a job just say 500 quid to go to Clyde for 150 um, but it was in, it was more the, the opportunity to become a full time footballer mm. which was always a dream um, but in the end it worked out for me other players that might not have worked out but I had that desire and work rate that I knew that if I could get an opportunity I would, I would do well Um and like I say, for me, it worked out. I had a good, a good career. Brilliant. That's that's a wee lesson for any player, even doing the lower leagues. You can still go to the top, ah, of course no you matter can. what age you're. Um, how is Billy Reid like to work with? Flying the wind. Uh, uh, Billy was for me very good for me. Um, he was like a dad. Um, I still speak to him now. Um, but he was like a. He kind of just allowed me to, at that time just to have like a free role in the team. Um, and I think he got the best out of me and I got the best out of the team mm-hmm. um, again when I went to Hamilton we were bottom uh, the first year and we ended up finishing seventh I think we lost two games when I went in that, that six months uh, both to the old firm but we, went, we were on an unbelievable unbelievable run um, but again Billy was, was excellent the squad we had at that time as well was very good who else was in that squad did at that time we had uh, Thomas Journey and goals um, Martin Cannon um, Mark McLaughlin, Simon Menson, David Van Zanten, um, James Wesolowski, James McCarfer, the two Pasio twins, Mikel Anton Curie. Yeah, it was it was a brilliant squad. Um, and then obviously that got broken up. James he went to Wigan. James Wesolowski went back to Leicester. Um, I and other players moved on, but we then built another team. And then again, I left to go to St Mirren. Um, but like I say, I, probably for me, my best football was always at Hamilton. Um, yeah. And that's probably why I chose to go back there when I left Morton uh, in 2004. Was Billy the top coach? Billy, very good coach. Very good coach. I can understand now why he's where he is. Um, a great, great guy. Um, great coach. But I've got to say, probably Alec Neal's probably up there as my my best ever manager. Mate, I played. See, when you played against that Hamilton team, Alec Neal on the pitch, mate, it was like hearing a manager on the pitch. Yeah, wasn't it? it? Different class. It organised everything in the yeah. middle of the pitch, man. I was like, oh, what the fuck? He, high? he was brilliant, wasn't yeah. he, Alec Neal? Different class, but you always knew he would, he would, he would go high. Um, and obviously, getting the Sunderland job just typifies that. Um, but like you said, on the pitch, he just organised everyone, and probably he was a great help to Billy. Um, having someone with that influence in the middle of the park. Uh, he would get on at people as well wouldn't he oh. <laughs> you ever cut a blow yeah. with blows with him nah, you did, didn't you come on tell us never came to blows but we obviously had disagreements but um, obviously 
the old saying, the uh, little man syndrome. <laughs> but <laughs> he was an angry man, he was, wasn't he? He's a great, a great guy, and like I say, I, I still keep in contact with Alec. Uh, just now, he texted me the other day, just saying congratulations. I'm, I'm happy to see you doing well. But again, he's a, f- a fantastic footballer, and I think if he never had the injuries he had, he could probably, in fact, he, he would have played at a high level. People say he was like the making of McCarthy and MacArthur, didn't they? Yeah, he, pr- he probably was. Like I never really played alongside the three of them, but he probably was with that influence he had in the in the middle of the park and talking, and probably helped him to go to where they have. Yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, so we see your teammate, and then became your manager. Well, he was my teammate. But I left. He signed me, so I went back there. He'd signed me to go back. So, oh. but he was, I mean, he was my manager, um, but only worked there for six months because I went to Norwich. And then got him promoted in the first year. I've, I always say this, and I, I don't mind saying it. I think if he'd stayed that year, we would have finished. Top four. What, in the SPL? Yeah, easily. Drink. Yeah. Is he that good? He was brilliant. We were flying. We were, I think we were first or second when he left. Right. Uh, we had 27, 30 points. Um, wow. And then obviously when he left, the full spine left because he left, um, Tony Andrew left, Jason, Mikel, sorry, left, Michael McGovern left. So we're full spine of the team, all left. Mm. Um, and they lose four players in key positions that we're playing every week. Just it just crippled us, and I think we went on, and we now obviously Martin took over. We we never won a game in thirteen, wow. um, but still managed to finish seven. So that showed you the influence it had. Yeah, um, you say he's the biggest influence on your managerial career. The managers you've had, uh, he'll be up there. Like I say, only worked with him a short space of time, but um, he's he's very shrewd in what he does. Um, he's more, I would say, more interested in what we will do in the pitch than what, what the, the other opposition will do like yeah I think that's the, I've took a wee bit of that from him but you, you shouldn't really be worried about the other team they should be worried about what you're going to do love that I hear now that there's no personalities in the game and all that is it something you look for that you want in your dressing room you want big personalities in there yeah of course you need that I think that helps um, I would probably say our biggest one here probably Robbie Muirhead um, he's is probably he? the joker of the dressing room um, Good player, Robbie in your head. He was doing it at MK Dons, yeah, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Fantastic ability, the kid. Yeah. Um, and he's been great for myself and, and Andy um, for the goals he scored. Um, but listen, the whole the whole dress room here is great, but there's a few boys in there who are the jokers, which I think you need in every dress room um, just to get them going. Obviously, I remember being at Hamilton, you had Louis Longridge. I don't know if you've ever came across him. He's at Falkirk now. Oh, Queen's Park, sorry. Park, yeah, yeah. What, a, Good player. what a boy. Um, Good player, but just having that person in the dressing room every day. Uh, before that, probably Del Lyle, who you've got. Uh-huh. Just with stories. Any stories and, with Del? Del was uh, never sober on a Monday morning, that. Uh, he's different class, man. Different class, but just like I say, these characters, you need them in the dressing room. Yeah. They are two that I can remember. Um, and then obviously, I was there a long time. Then you'd be Paul McGowan at St Mirren, people like that, Kenny oh, McLean, like different. These boys were brilliant. Um, but you need that in the dressing room, it, it, it keeps everyone going. Right, we've got a few more names for him, so well, if you could give us a wee insight or a wee story about him. Aye, so when I came in, I went into Morton for two days. Do you remember him? Do you remember, I remember him? him. Aye, was so he any good before we get into this? Aye, he was a good player. Was he? Unbelievable. Yeah. So, but, Gary, well, he was, you were in his position, so were you thinking there's no way this wee dick state my position in the team? I don't even know if it was a threat, mister. Nah. I don't know what the deal <laughs> was, but I remember walking in and Gary O'Connor, Ron Vine was there. I don't know if Novo was there when I, I came in. But I remember them, and I remember, I've told this in the podcast, it was a possession drill. <laughs> so Kenny Shields just paused the drill, he explained something. So as he's walking, Gary kind of just clipped his heels. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, what is happening here? But, but I mean, as I said, I said to you, it was a lot, of, a lot of good players here, but at that time, I don't know what, just seemed if it was all the gaff. Like big characters. 
to be fair, we probably got off. We started the season well, and then we kind of struggled a wee bit, then beat Celtic, and you're thinking, right, this is the time to kick on, but it never really materialised. Um, we probably had a lot of individuals, I would say. Um, and it, that's probably the reason why the club got relegated. But like you say, we had the likes of Gaz and, and Nacho, who came in, and Ron Vine, like... He was Ron Vine's big time, isn't he? I think he says that himself, mate. I've watched him on podcast. But what a player. Was he good? Good, good player. Very good player. But a great guy as well. We Did he have some funny shouts? <laughs> oh, he's English, isn't he? Uh-huh. So many stuff he used to go away with, man. But, uh, <laughs> but like I say, we had big Stuart Finlay as well, oh, who's now in right. America playing, had a good career. Um but it was just, I think it was just one of those seasons where just nothing really clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the highlight beating Celtic at, at Parkhead 1-0 with the amount of possession and, and corners they had that night. But again, as a team, we, we defended really well and, and probably that's why we won the game. Uh-huh. Uh, have you got any good stories about guys, Nacho or Ron Vine there? Not really, nah. Nah, just funny. Like, just just funny around the place uh-huh. and that. But um, Big Gaz was, was brilliant. Um but I think he came in a wee bit overweight. I'm sure he always had Gucci flip flops on as well. Can always be surprised. He had an Armani tattoo, guys. What, didn't he? I'm not sure. Ah, he had an Armani tattoo. I'm sure he did. Is there any players you played with that were a nightmare for a manager to deal with? Can you remember? Have you, you had to, have you had to manage him? You think, oh Aye. fuck that. Nah, but I could probably put myself in that bracket. Do you think so? Yeah. How, what way? What, what would you do that would annoy you now as a manager? Have you played with? Were you quite m- m- moaning? Uh, probably my uh, probably my younger career. I before I I'd probably say when I got to probably when I went to Hamilton for the second time, working under Alec, I kind of mellowed out. But in my the start of my career, I think coming for the juniors, you're just 100 mile an hour. Everything's just m- mental. Um, but as you mellow, and I think see when I I probably when you start coaching, you'll probably maybe know it yourself in the coaching game now. But when you start coaching now, you start realizing how managers think and I think for nah, me and I've said this yeah. to a, a number of players that play now go and do your coach if you have any aspirations to be a coach go and do it now don't wait till you're 35 and say oh it's me done I'll go coach now because it's too late the time you start doing your badges it's you're 40 um, but I think as you start doing your badges you now realise as a manager or being in the manager's shoes that oh so that's what he wants me to do mm, oh that's why he wants so me there so you understand the game a wee bit better and for me that was massive but I would say in the first three, four, five years in 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 the game, I was probably a, a pain in the, the arse for, for some manager I worked under. Wow. Uh, I need to ask you about another player, uh, Massimo Donati. Played him in the reserves at Celtic. What a player, mate. He signed for Aki, is this? Did you play with him, yeah. sir? Uh, me and Mass played centre mid together for a year, mate. Was he brilliant? Off. Was he? Caviar, mate. Yeah, he was, he, he, was, good? he was good. I would say for when he came to Hamilton for the first 10 games, no no one could get near him. And that was him at 35, 36. Yeah. But then obviously people knew how we played and how the team played. And then for obviously the when you come back around to play the teams the second time, everyone knows. So they just, stuck, they just stuck someone on Massimo and it made it difficult for him, but he was still a very good player. Did you end up playing sweeper? Play sweeper. Uh, just to <laughs> get him on the ball. Just to get him on the ball. He was brilliant. Like his range of passing, just everything about the guy. Good guy, um, isn't he? Lovely guy. Lovely, lovely guy. Um, obviously disappointing to see him lose his, his job at Kilmarnock. Um, but hopefully he gets back in soon. But like I say, I've got nothing but respect for Massimo and what he'd done when he came to Hamilton and Jason Scotland I told that story about Jason. Roy Keane that's amazing that's somebody was he crazy Jason he didn't know he was there he's a mouse was he but I just but as a player on the park could not get the ball off him strongest so, man in the world mate, even at Hamilton we knew just we just played the ball up to Jason and then just get runners off him because nobody could get near him 
because turning turn a, a sixpence and body strength just to take the ball in for us was, was outstanding. But um, he was he was very good for us um, in terms of keeping the ball and linking the game for us. He likes a wee Ali Crawford and that, just running off him. Um, brilliant for the, for the guys as well. His twin, he always calls me Ali Crawford. <laughs> oh, it's like him, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be giving me a hard time. <laughs> See, just the last few bit on the management, obviously I'm quite interested. How, how does life change for you when you're a coach to being a manager? Is it 24-7? Obviously when you're a coach, can you, I, I don't really switch off, but is it a totally different life being a manager? Is it non-stop 24 hours a day? Yeah, as um, obviously, like you say, being a coach, you, you don't have to deal with the players, you don't have to deal with all that side of it, um, media, Board. all this, all that, the boards, um, players come and say, my man not playing, etc. Um, but like you say, when you're in, when you, when you sit in the hot seat, it's it's just constant um, phone calls, agents phoning you, people messaging you, or oh, can I come in? Um, like I say, you've got to deal with all the players, you get 20, 25 players that you need to try and keep happy and um, then you've got the board on the phone um, stop with their tops off but it's just just not going to fit their tops back <laughs> <laughs> uh, but listen it's that's why you put yourself in it um, and to be fair I, I'm loving every minute of it and, um, do you sleep I'm, less? nah nah you're still on nah. it? Uh, but listen I still think you need to have time with the family Yeah, uh, I think that's important um, I've got a wee my son it turns three next week, so get him into his coaching, Boca. Oh, what what a system we've got! Does he kick the ball? Aye. Right, there you go. Get him in. He'll make he's, him a player. Make him a player. To be fair, I'm not hard on him. Obviously, he's just he's just free. But I've always said, like people say, oh, we are we man play football. It's up to him. I'm not going to push him. I don't think it's fair that you push them. Um, if he wants to take that path, then great. If not, then it's, it's no hard uh, no hard deals. Have you had somebody come in the office asking why they're not playing then? I've had a few. Have you? Do you like that? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Do you? I, I like confrontation, so it doesn't bother me. I've been answering the door for that. Hiding under the desk, can I? Do for it. Andy, no. get that. No one. I've had a manager, I'll not name him, but every time, Gaffer, can I speak to you? Right, two minutes. He's short and he's assistant. He's assistant with something. I just want to talk to you, know you're assistant. I think, listen, I think you just need to be honest. I think if you're honest, then uh, as a player, that's what I wanted. I just wanted honesty. Um, and I think if you can be honest and explain the situation why they're not playing or why they're playing or why you're unhappy with them then they can come back um, and I think players will respect you for it mm. um, I think that's one thing that I learned through speaking to other managers and speaking to people now um, if you can be as honest as you as you can in fact just be honest um, people will accept that Right, give an honest assessment if you're that honest give an honest assessment in the, what was it, a week you were in here? Three days Three days. Give an honest assessment in the three days he was in Ah, he was he was good. Like I say, he probably should have stayed. Um but I think Kenny Kenny must have had other other ideas for no, no, Kenny actually messaged me and said I can't well, message you, text you. I think it was a, a message, I am sure I actually don't know he missed my dad. Would they text you? Mess- no, wait, no, no, Kenny Shields. Sorry, I think this is how it went. Slaney, I'm sorry, but you're not going to put the good the team, so you're going to need to move on <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> no, do you know why mate? I went through a stage and I told you about this the other day. I didn't have any money and I couldn't afford a phone. So when I was going to teams, I had to give my dad's number because I didn't have a mobile number. It wasn't that I would never, never let, I, I would never let my dad speak f- for me because I hate that. I was, I'm a grown man, I can speak for myself. But the problem was, I had to give these managers not my dad's phone number because I didn't have a mobile. So they would have to message my dad and message me. Oh my so God. So it was what a bit of shambles. Yeah, 21, aye, 21. So it's a grown man, but I wasn't doing it. I'm, I'm scared to speak to him. But what I was going to say, I knew, it, it, this is the last thing for me. I knew when I was 12 year old that I, I wanted to be a coach. My brain worked like that. Um, where do you, where do you want to go in the coaching world? Do you want to go all the way up to the very top? 
I think that's the that's the plan, Slaney. Um, I think that's what you're in the job for. Yeah. Obviously, it'll, it'll take a it'll take obviously results. It's a, dr- a result driven business. You need to do well. Um, but inevitably, that's where everyone wants to go is a, is a top level. So for me, it's no different. Um, but like I say, you need to start somewhere. And like I say, I'm I'm very thankful of Martin giving me an opportunity to, to come in here in my first job. Um, like I say, it's working out just now. But football's a a very precarious position. Great and, word. He tells the manager, he wouldn't have used that word when he was coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to ask you one that just came is there in terms of Andy Milne. So, did you know Andy before you came? You know what to bring your own people in? Did you need to sit and have a discussion with Andy before you decided on keeping him? How did that? I knew Andy. I knew Andy from my time at Hamilton. Andy was a coach when I was there, Um, so there was a a relationship there. Um, But like I say, when I Come into Morton, the remit was you have to come in yourself just now. Right. Um, so there was no issues with that. So Andy's getting put in the uh, summer then, right? You've kind of hit that one. So like I say, that was the, that was the remit. Um, you need to work with what's here, but I, I, I have no qualms with that. Um, like I say, I, I was more for the opportunity to, to showcase what I can do. Um, and it's always something I wanted to do is be my own person. And like I say, I'm grateful that Morton have given me that opportunity. What were the, what were the team playing under Gus McPherson? 4 4 2? Uh, I think they had different different shapes. Um, obviously, I think under Gus, he had a lot uh, more dealings with like COVID, etc., and injuries. Um, I'm probably touch wood fortunate that I've been able to pick from a full squad and have had no COVID issues so far. So um, on that on that front, um, probably Gus has been hard done to by yeah. COVID and injuries, etc. Um, I'm just fortunate that at the moment everything's going well with no injuries, no COVID issues to deal with, and, and managed to get in two players and Jamie Brandon and. Um, big shug from Dunfermline and Hearts, respectively. Because I'm, I'm interested in this as well. So why, why was the three five two? Did you look? At, how long did it take you to look at the squad and think these group of players suit playing in a three five two? Straight away, really. Um, but when you looked at the names that you had, nah, or when you seen them in training. <laughs> no, but do you know what I nah, mean, just like I say, we went to Kilmarnock. Um, obviously, you, it's no, it's no disrespect to any of the players, but we don't have pace um, in the backline. Um, we've got big Brian. In, in Big Allen so we have to try and accommodate the best way we can to, to help everyone um, and I think at the moment the three five two is helping everyone so uh, long may it continue but it's, it's working for us we're doing well in that shape um, everyone's bought into it um, we're getting results Any other coaching questions? No uh, listen absolutely I, I think people go on about tactics not which is so so important but don't mistake a personality and you and Andy are two of the best so I think they'll go a long way in the game What a way in it Are you going to drink that we always ask us are you going to drink that bottle of vodka no, I'll, I'll drink the gin. You just have the vodka. You want a whiskey as well? You want a whiskey? Crack, we'll we'll crack on now. I need to go for a sunbed. Why don't you <laughs> take the tops off and before the diet? Take it, some man. Cheers, Cheers you lads. Thanks. Here's a question for the marketers listening. Want to find that perfect customer beyond the world of scrolling, swiping, and searching? Here's a secret to make sparks fly. Smooth talking with podcast ads. With Acast, you can reach millions of listeners who'll be hanging on your every word. On the train to work, in the gym, or waiting in line for coffee. Start up the conversation with podcast listeners anywhere and everywhere. And they're looking for love. 
60% of listeners have a higher trust in brands they've met on podcasts compared to social. Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started.